Hello, and welcome to episode 117 of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Butler, joined today by the return of Brittany Mullins. Hey, hey. And Melissa Kavanaugh. Howdy, ho. And Pete D. Mayo. Good afternoon or morning, everybody. Yeah, we really don't know what time they're listening, so we have to cover our bases. It could be the middle of the night. Who knows? Today's episode is brought to you by Pete DeMeo. You may know him from such podcasts as the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. <laughs> but he wrote an article recently on the fueltravel.com slash blog page, and uh, it was really good. Thank you. But... We're going to talk about that today. Do you want to give a little hint of what it is and also give a shout out to your inspiration from for, for what led you to writing this article? Yeah. So one of my favorite podcasts, other than ours, is Thinks Out Loud by Tim Peter. I think it's an awesome, it's awesome amazing. podcast. It makes me feel stupid every time. But by the end of each one, I feel smarter. It's it does. Great. Yeah. And he also keeps his to 20... 30 minutes, which is awesome, too. It's the, it's the opposite of us. It is. Yeah. So, Anyway, one of his podcasts, he mentioned a quote from Jeff Bezos, which said, the secret to the success of Amazon was specifically, the secret is that it is to focus on the things that do not change in your business instead of just focusing on the things that do. So if you focus on what doesn't change, that's Amazon's whole plan is that's what they want to strive toward yeah it's really smart and, and they do other things related to that too like they don't pay attention to what the competition's doing yeah because they're so focused on the customer what their decision all driven by what's right for the customer yeah. and, and one way that jeff bezos kind of goes in and clarifies that is this next quote when we asked for an example so people want fast shipping today they're going to want faster and faster shipping 10 years from now so that's what's going to happen no matter if it's today or 10 years they want to focus on fast shipping. It's just mm-hmm. kind of one little yep. example of everything that Amazon's focusing on. And if you know, I don't know if you've seen this recently, and it's, uh, geographically it's different based on where the nearest warehouse is and what you're ordering, but it always, always used to be two-day two free, free two-day shipping for, right. for where we are here in Mona Beach. But I'm seeing more and more free one-day shipping, mm-hmm. yes. which is great. Makes me happy. So, yeah, they're definitely delivering on the promise. They're not just talking the talk. So, Pete, do you have a, uh, a title yet for this blog post and or this show? We're going to do a Wait. choose your own adventure. All right, let's do it. Podcast number 117, focusing on what won't change or Jeff Bezos' secret to hotel marketing success. I think there's a hands down winner there. What do you guys think? I have to go with the clickbaity one. Yeah, of course. We have to go clickbaity right. on these well, shows. We're going to put the bait in the water then. We'll yeah, and obviously by the time that people are listening to this, we'll have already decided that when we published it. So they didn't really get to choose. We did. But I, I like I like clickbaity headlines for our podcast episodes. It's it's fun. It's a little manipulative, but it's okay. That's That's the way the world works, right? So before we jump into this amazing topic, do we have some... Newsaroos and a jingle, perchance. We have newsaroos and a jingle. So, does anybody else want to do the jingle today? Brittany? No. Okay. I'll jingle today. <laughs> oh. I've had coffee all day, apparently. Look at that script. <laughs> yeah. With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for newsaroos. And next week, you're going to do a duet. It'll be great. I want we her, her, I want her to play the clarinet week. while 
we sing it. Oh, yeah. can you can you learn that I c- I'm tune with the clarinet? Pretty sure I can learn that. <laughs> wow. Oh. Tune in to one eighteen, everybody. Don't let us down. <laughs> remember to bring in your clarinet. So. But we we do have one newsroo. It's kind of a combination of newsroo that I'm calling a bad day for Marriott. <laughs> that will be the name of the children's <laughs> book about this. Because uh, they've come up with two issues. Both of these are on hotelmarketing.com. The first one is Marriott faces a $124 million fine from the UK for data hacking, followed immediately by Marriott faces lawsuit over deceptive resort <laughs> fees that allegedly harm customers. Yeah, there's some people very distracted at Marriott right now. And that, that fine is pretty hefty. That's yeah. a lot of money. It sure is. Could have been a lot worse because the the GDPR regulations that they were in breach of, which led to this fine from the EU, um, but the potential for the fine can range from five cents per lost email or, or you know whatever record it was um, up to fifteen dollars. They ended up getting fined around fifteen cents per record, but. Uh, I think there's a little confusion about exactly what which records were U- European Union versus non-European Union, and so whether that works. But if you look at the total number of um, email addresses they lost versus how much they were mm-hmm. fined, it, it works out at 15 cents per yeah. record. So, so in total, that their attack caught was basically exposed 339 million guest records total, about seven million of which were British residents. There you go. Hmm. British or EU? This says British residents. Okay. And then it says, comma, the UK Information Commissioner's Office said in a statement Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah it, I, this, is, this should be a wake-up call for anyone that hasn't yet put the emphasis on data protection that they should have. And this, this goes back to the same argument we made a few episodes ago about ADA. Right? ADA, GDPR, any of these regulations that have been forced upon us are happening for a reason because we've abused the consumer. We haven't done right by the consumer, so legislation has to come in and force us to do it. And we don't do it because legislation tells us to do it. We should do it because it's the right thing to do. You should protect your consumer's privacy. Think about this. For years, for decades, if you went to a front desk at a hotel and I knew that Pete DeMeo was staying there and I went to the front desk and said, hey, what room is Pete DeMeo in? They would say, I'm not allowed to give out that information because we protect our that our consumers, right? So it's no different whether it's digital or in real life. You should be taking care of your guest data. You should be clearly telling them what data you're capturing, why you're capturing it, what you're going to use it for, how long you're going to keep it, where it's going to be kept, who's going to have access to it, and give them the option to say, nope, no thank you, and or delete it at any point. It's, it's pretty simple. Just do what's right for the consumer. It's simple, it's simple in theory, I guess. It's a little harder in practice. But if you haven't yet assigned someone in your organization to focus on this, to actually take stock and say, what data are we collecting and why are we collecting it and what are we doing with it, then now is the time to do it because the lawsuits are going to come thick and fast and they're going to get expensive. Mm-hmm. And, but when it happens, it's too late. You yeah. need to do this in advance. And really that's with all... You know, things from a, a legal matter for if it's GDPR, if it's ADA, whatever it is, think about what your guests need and think about how to be the best steward of their information and their stay and do that in advance and make sure yep. people know what you're doing. That a lot of times can prevent that lawsuit from ever happening in the first yeah, place. Yeah, I mean, think about this. Marriott's having to cough up 120 odd million, right? If they'd invested a fraction of that 
in doing it, doing the right thing, it would have been better for the consumer and better for them. So now, now is the time to do it. Don't wait. And don't, don't give me the argument, well, this is a European thing and I don't have a lot of European guests. It doesn't matter because these same kinds of legislations are going to come to the U.S. or wherever you are eventually. And it's so, just the right thing to do. And, yeah, going back to what we said, it's the right thing to do. So do it now. Take care of your guests the way they should be taken care of. And then, you know, that parlays into the resort fee thing, which a lot of people have abused resort fees. I think some are legitimate. I think if you look at the condo tell market specifically, there's some more legitimate reasons to have it. But folks like Marriott have been really doing this kind of drip pricing where it's a bait and switch. They'll show one price and then you get to the cart and it's another price because they've added on. You've got folks in Vegas that are selling rooms for $20 and then the resort fee is $50. You know, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And th- these aren't optional fees. Uh, and then the hotel's not paying accommodations tax on it. So there's, there's just a lot of, it's very problematic. And so, of course, it's going to take legislation again to tell people to stop doing bad things. And, and in an organization like Marriott, where a resort fee does make sense if, you know, like here in Myrtle Beach, if you go to Oceanfront Resort, it's got a water slide, lazy rivers, dining, all this kind of fun stuff valets that you have to cover the cost of if you go to a roadside hotel that charges a resort fee they don't have those things and they should not be charging a resort fee because they have an indoor pool but they could argue oh well it's it's an additional fee because you've got a parking space and you got you can always argue that stuff but i think the point is unless unless it's optional yeah then it should be part of the room rate period you know I mean, you can break out all the things they get, but you should you shouldn't be trying to game the system, trick the guests into with, with bad pricing practices, or avoid tax payment by by mm-hmm. not calling it a room rate. Like if you say to the guest, "Hey, you can waive the resort fee; you just can't go swimming," that would be one thing. It, it would be more like the airlines. Yeah, but that's not what they're doing. So just stop it. No, you don't right. even have a choice. You're going to have to stop it anyway. Yep legislation is coming but it's, yeah bad week for for marriott no question all right so before before we jump in so we've done the news of ruse if we want to stick to our format do we do we have some you ready pete do we have a stat of the week <laughs> that's my favorite addition to this show that we've added in the last six months i love that sound it makes me happy that's good well this stat will make you happy too all right the stat of the week this week comes from our own leisure travel study trends. What? How about that? What? We did a leisure travel study? We did. Wow. We should talk about that on the podcast. We should. I think we are. Well, and we also did last episode. We so did. if you want to get lots of stats, you can if go. If this is your first episode, listen. go listen backwards. Yeah. And you can listen to last week's episode. Yeah, which if you're on Apple Podcasts, it'll be the next one you listen to because they do it reverse. So our stat of the week this week is about social media because... Why not? Sure. Uh, one of my favorite things is, you know, we talk about millennials and that terrible generation of people. But I'm this part is of that terrible generation. Yeah, she was Just literally looking you know. at you when she said it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is one of the stats that is a very large discrepancy between millennials and the rest of the general population and it, as it pertains to Instagram, where we have 28% of millennials will visit a hotel's Instagram page before booking their room. Right. 
versus fourteen percent of the overall population. Uh, twelve percent. Or twelve percent. Okay. Twelve percent. So it's more than double. Yeah. 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 It's a lot. We're yeah. very visual people. Yeah. Interestingly, though, Facebook was still higher for both age groups. You know, so yes. even even though Instagram is is clearly more important to younger folks, Facebook is still the most important social platform, regardless. And and I think that's the, the that stat is important for people to think about when they're coming up with a marketing strategy. Because a lot of folks, especially if you're a, a property that targets millennials, you might it might be tempting to say, "Oh, we're going to put more resources into Instagram," but you still should put all your maximum resources into Facebook first, do that really well, and then do an Instagram strategy that's really good. It's 51% of millennials will check out a Facebook page. Right. So that that's... And about 40% of the general population. Yeah. It's a lot. So social media is important. People. It's where people like to chat. They like to check on you. <laughs> they like to complain. <laughs> All right. So jump into the topic. I think it's past time to do so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the winner was Jeff Bezos, Secret of Hotel Marketing Success. And just to kind of reiterate what the, the question was, someone asked Jeff, what was the secret behind the success of Amazon? And he said, the secret of that is to focus on the things that don't change in your business. And like I said, this started from the Tim Peter podcast I was listening to, and as hoteliers, we get so wrapped up in the things that are changing, the new technologies, that we only focus on change and we forget to focus on the constant. And I think that's where, as hoteliers, we can do a better job of differentiating ourselves and focus doing really well the things that are never going to change and just allow the technology that we have at our disposal to do those things the best we can. So we're going to go through five of the things that aren't changing. They haven't changed and they're not going to be changing in the future and how you can make the most of those to to win with your guests. Great. I'm excited. We should be because the first one line, is line, 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 line. guests will continue to follow the path of least resistance. That's really because guests are lazy and really just like everyone else in the world, they're, they're lazy. And if there's an easier way of doing something, they're going to follow that path. In your in your blogger article, you said that not doesn't necessarily mean guests are lazy. You're a little nicer on the written version. This is true. No, I mean they're not necessarily lazy. It's just they don't want to have to do work that's not it's necessary. It's human nature. Why right. make right. anything harder than it needs yeah. to be? So, because of that, if your property shows up first in a search, an OTA listing on TripAdvisor, and the link goes to a third party. That's where the customer is going to go. They're not going to seek out the direct booking. They're not going to seek out your property. They're going to click and go. So from the fact that, one, they're not changing that. So what you want to do is make sure that you're where customers are when they're ready to make decisions. Right. That means, I mean, really three main things. Making sure your property is easy to find. You know, So where are they shopping? Make sure that you're there. Right. And and that that piece changes, right? But the right. the core of it doesn't. So so where they're gonna find you is gonna change. Like we mm -hmm. just said, more millennials are starting to look on social right. media. So so that's the thing that, that will be different tomorrow than it was today. But the fact that you're still taking the same approach of being findable where people are looking, that will never change. Exactly. I mean I think that really is what it kinda comes down to is you need to be on your core areas. Like I said, 
be more focused on Facebook than Instagram because more people are on Facebook than right. Instagram. But don't forget it because there are people who want to communicate that way. And you want to make yourself available to them right. there. Right. So, so a great example of that being findable is how the rise of MetaSearch over the last couple of years. And specifically, I'm not talking about like Trivago and Kayak and those original ones because they're really decreasing in their value. But TripAdvisor and Google specifically have done a really good job with these price comparison MetaSearch tools that are getting tremendous traction. And just looking at the the volume, the spend, and the return from Google over the last couple of years, it, it's increased tr tremendously because Google's done a really good job forcing it in the face of consumers that, that search. And going back to our travel study, over 45% of people, or it's around 45% of people, start their research on Google or on a search engine. So that, that whole chunk at the top, you need to be visible there. Mm -hmm. That's where people want to find you. Because the OTAs are, and if... if you're not, they're going to go book with an OTA, like you said. Exactly. And then really kind of building right on making your property easy to find is making sure the shopping process is also easy. If you've gotten them into your site, don't put a bunch of unnecessary roadblocks in front of them. They're going to slow that process down. They're coming there to see photos, to understand your amenities, to browse your rooms. And they're most importantly, they're the shop and to decide if they're going to book on all of their devices. So don't make the perfect way to shop on a desktop because customers are lazy. They're doing it the easy way. And if the easy way is their phone, you cater to their phone and hint, they're doing it on their phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If, if you're, if you're in the situation, which the vast majority of the industry is that, you know, 60% plus of your traffic is coming from a mobile phone, but less than 40% of your bookings are coming from a mobile phone. Then you're failing at this point right here. This is, this is one that you need to mm -hmm. take a hard look at because people want frictionless ex experience in that shopping process. Yeah, and the one thing we really didn't hit on yet was that doesn't mean they're not traveling. They're just not traveling and staying at your property. Yeah. So Well, they might. They'll just book it through a third party and then you're costing you money. Exactly. So, And I think the last thing from you know making sure that the following the path of least resistance is the booking process. Amazon set that benchmark. So on the Jeff Bezos episode, we're talking about Amazon. They make it so easy to book that you can do so without even thinking. You may not be able to achieve that from a hotel perspective because there are more variables. There's people you get to talk to more. But what you can do is strive for that. Yeah. And, and they do a really good job. There's an article recently that broke down all the things they were doing to encourage the order on Amazon. And you know, booking.com does it really well from an OTA perspective too, but just hundreds of different little nudges and, and things that Amazon does. And I don't know if you guys have experienced this or not, but there are literally times when an Amazon box shows up at my door and I have no idea what's in it. I forgot what <laughs> I ordered because they've made it that easy for me. Like I, I, something pops in my head, oh, I need this ordered on Amazon. It took me two seconds and then it shows up and I forgot that yeah. I did it. So have you had that? Or is it just, it might no, just be. No, it definitely happens at my house. Yep. I don't order that much stuff. It's so easy, though, when you just need a thing and you find yeah. it and you're like, click, click. click. Yep. Mm -hmm. it will, Kim and I share the same Amazon account. And we don't, it just something shows up and it's, it's for one of us. <laughs> so they could, they could literally send us stuff we've never ordered. And we would just you put just it in the assume stack. it was the other yeah. person. I get excited ordered. when I ask Jesse if he ordered something and he says no. And I'm like, ooh, what did I order? I forgot. 
And then it's usually something boring like toilet paper yeah. or something dish supply. There's nothing boring about toilet paper. All right, what's what's Number the next step? Two, 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 two. The guests will always want to feel like they got a fair deal. And I think that that you really need to pay attention to that. Don't be the person that sends an email with a better deal to a consumer that's already booked. Don't be the hotel that prices are higher than what's showing on the OTA websites because you're not going to get that booking. Yeah. Don't be Marriott who's charging a massive amount of resort fees that people don't know about and they think they're not getting a good deal. Yeah. And then there's components to this, right? The deal, you know, prices part of it but also value is, is part of it people will pay more money they will pay you good money if they feel like there's something that benefits them for doing so mm -hmm. so and i think that's where it makes it's imperative that as a hotelier the value that you give a guest by booking direct is always the best because the otas are tricky and they manipulate what they're giving to the customer so they're going to mm -hmm. try to capture as much of that business as possible but there are things that the OTAs cannot give. They can't give a free welcome gift. They can't give late checkout or free parking or re reduced resort fees. There are all these things that as a property, you can offer a book direct guest that even though it might be the same price, you're always getting a better deal and a better value by booking direct. Yeah, and it, it, it matters for naught unless you tell people about it. So. So true. The OTAs do a really good job of these little bite-sized chunks of information about why to book this property right here. I was on um, Priceline the other day looking at, at a property with a client and comparing their hotel, their homepage, and their website to the profile page on Priceline and how Priceline was doing a better job of selling the value proposition of this property. And it, it was just little bullets with icons and a little blur, but it, it was stuff like... Uh, this is great value because you're saving 24% on what other people have paid. It was, uh, I think there was one about this property's in a great location with just footsteps from whatever. And then there was another one. People love this property. Look at the average rating as nine point. Mm -hmm. But it was all like just digestible little nuggets, especially on mobile where people aren't going to just read tons and tons of text. Having these little bulleted iconed, information pieces can really make a big difference and influence their decision right then and keep in mind on mobile especially people don't have as much time they, they're going they're getting distracted by text messages and notifications and things all the time so you at any point could lose that person somewhere else desktop they tend to stay more focused and they have longer to digest it so mobile you really got to get them get their attention quick and put relay information to them more quickly. There you go. Cool. Number three is guests will continue to tell their friends and family about their vacation. This so, has happened yeah. since the beginning of time. Yeah. And I mean, I am 46, almost 47 years old. And I remember having to sit through slideshows <laughs> of people's vacations. It's a little yeah. less torturous <laughs> now. Now forced, I can just forced skip. Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Now I can just skip through people's Facebook feeds. Well, I mean, it's true, though. It's like that's always been the case. And there's cave paintings of when people went hunting on hunting trips, right? So <laughs> people aren't going to stop you know, telling their friends about what they did. Yeah. 
and you know where they did it. So, do you even know what a slide is? Yes, I know what a slide is. Are you <laughs> sure? I, they they used something the you go wee when you go down. Slide projectors when I was in school. Okay, just checking. <laughs> I am not that young. <laughs> But the technology is going to change. You know, it goes from yes. Melissa's slide projectors to <laughs> your Instagram and, you know, who knows what's going to be in the future. Yeah. But just making that process easy and injecting yourself in your property where it makes sense in that story. Because if they're going to be telling about their stay either way, you might as well be able to help craft that story and put yourself in the best possible light. Yeah, and that's, Im that's important to note is it is either side, right? So whether they have a great experience or a terrible experience, they're going to talk about it. If it's a met experience, they might, they might not. But on the both extremes, you've got to make sure you manage, control the conversation. And uh, that's, that's why we, I mean, we talk about Flip2 a, a lot on the show, but they do a really good job in the, rather than asking people post-stay survey a bunch of you know, quantifiable number questions, they're just, would you would you want to stay again? Would you recommend the property to a friend? Very simple indicators. And uh, then they'll send people down a funnel based on how they respond. And if someone says, yes, they would recommend it to a friend, well, you can really capitalize on that. Ask them why. Ask them about their memory. Get them to share a photo. And then that, that becomes gold in terms of your online marketing because now every guest that stays there that had a great experience is a part of the advocacy army that you're creating and they go and tell their hundreds of friends on social media about it you can you can gamify or incentivize that and just it amplifies the positive sentiment for coming from guests that are satisfied i think another part of this that will never change either is doing it when it, when it's all top of mind like not waiting months and months out to follow up with a guest or something about how their stay or vacation went but like kind of that you know, if I'm having a great time and somebody asks me right away, I'm like, yeah, I'm excited about it still. I want to share. I want to share the pictures. But the longer you get away from that trip, it's kind of like that excitement fizzles out. So, like, yep. just making sure it's doing it while it's fresh and top of mind. For sure. All right. So be a part of the conversation for number three. Yeah. Word of mouth is still the most important piece of your marketing mix. Because everything else you do just amplifies the sentiment that exists. Every every form of advertising is just shining a light on what you're doing well and what you're doing wrong. So word of mouth really should be the cornerstone thing. However that word of mouth happens, whether it actually happens from a mouth hole to someone's ear hole, or whether it happens on a screen or directly through telepathic means in the future, I don't know, right? It, it, the mechanics of it might change, but the fact that people want to share experiences will never change. Yep. And the survey that we recently did and we talked about in the last episode says the same thing, that 50.1% of people are inspired to travel based on their friends and family. So not only are you trying to you know, stay in that conversation, but you can actually change someone's mind who wasn't going to travel to travel. So, so definitely you know, stay top of mind that way. Number four is that all guests in the past, future, and present are creatures of habit. So if you have a guest who stays at your property, they're always going to want to come back and do what works. They know they had a good experience, and they want to repeat that good experience. So when a guest gets to your property, even before that, you want to 
really just not screw it up. It's probably the best way to put it is do everything you can to make sure that they understand that they're having a wonderful experience, go above and beyond, and really deliver. Yeah, and de- yeah, deliver on expectations is the key. Yeah. And, and, and that's where consistency is so key and, and why brands and brand standards are the reason that folks like Hilton and Marriott are as successful as they are. Because if I come and stay at your hotel and have a very good time and the front desk person was friendly and cordial and the room was super clean, I'm very likely to come back. But next time I go there, that's my expectation. That's the benchmark that, mm-hmm. that you've set. And if I show up and the room's dirty and the person at the front desk is grumpy, it doesn't matter what happened in the past because now you've reset what my yep. expectation is. And that, going back to the previous thing, is what I'm going to talk about. And I'm going to be more disappointed because I knew that they were capable of delivering on the better experience the first time. So you really got to work hard to deliver on expectations. If you can go above and beyond and surprise and delight them as well, great. But that you don't really have to do that to be successful. You just need to do a good job at being consistent. That's why McDonald's is successful. Their burgers, I, people may argue, but they're not the greatest burger you've ever tasted, but you know exactly what you're getting from McDonald's every time you go. Yeah, and I think we've also talked about it in the past, actually a good amount on the podcast, is the sales cycle for your guest begins the moment they step foot on your property for this day. You're already working on selling the next one. And that's where, while guests are always gonna be a creature of habit, the way that we help guide that habit is always going to change. So in the past, it was you know AAA you know, rankings and things along those lines, print, direct mail. Now it is a great on-site exp- experience, a great po- checkout experience, technology experience while they're on property, their post-day survey, and then the campaign that they receive throughout the stay time between stay one and stay two to get them to come back triggered emails, social, whatever else it might be now and in the future, making sure that you're just using that to lead that person back to the property. Yeah, and the the other side of this conversation about people are creatures of habit is that if someone did book you through an OTA the first time, there's a good chance that's what they would do the next time unless you intercept, unless you proactively work to try to change that pattern of behavior. So making sure you're collecting contact information, making sure you're educating them on the value of Booking Direct. And the value of Booking Direct isn't that it saves your hotel a percentage on commission because they really don't care. That doesn't matter to them. But why why should they care if they book direct? What do they get out of it? What's in it for them? Do they save money? Do they get extra things? Do they get free parking, faster Wi-Fi? Your job is to educate them from the fr- from the minute they they booked. If you can communicate with them electronically, but certainly when they check in, certainly through the stay, certainly after the stay, you need to be letting them know because always that creature of habit is just going to keep costing you twenty percent commission every time they stay with you. you. You know, and that that's that's a guest that's really happy because they're coming back to stay with you. You had a great experience, but you're leaving money on the table. So you've got to deliver on the experience to make sure they do keep coming back the creatures have it but you've also got to try to intercept their other behavior which is booking through the channel you don't want them to book through so true so true yeah number five as a hotelier your job is always always going to be to serve your guests we've said this 
I don't know, a bazillion times on this podcast. Like literally every episode, I feel literally like. Literally every out. episode, we are in the hospitality business. We need to be hospitable at a bare minimum. At a absolute bare minimum, your guests are always going to want to feel welcome. They're always going to want to feel important. They are going to want to feel safe where they sleep. And hopefully, as a hospitable company, you are going to be able to surprise and delight them as well and make their stay more enjoyable. This is basically a no-brainer. Yeah, and it, it all comes down to is that we want to be respected as people, as hotel guests, just in general. And that really permeates all facets of the hotel business. So are you being respectable to their data, Marriott, and everybody else who's had you know data breaches? <laughs> <laughs> Marriott. Yeah. Are you welcoming the guests at the front desk? Are you not trying to replace your personal touch with technology? I mean, all those things really come into play, but just respecting your guest and making them really glad that they made the decision to spend what little time they have on vacation or on business with you. Yeah, earlier today on the Lauren Gray show this week in hospitality digital marketing, they Robert Cole always puts together a list of articles to discuss, and every week he has what he calls a rut row. Get some <laughs> article it's like you someone screwed up, and this, this article this week was about um, how technology is re replacing hospitality in some places, and there were two specific examples that the author of this article cited. One was they were at an airport. And uh, they want they sat down at a table wanting to order, and a waitress. It took a while, and a waitress finally walked by, and he said, "Can I order?" And she said, "I can't take your order. You have to do it through this machine, right?" So wow. it's like, what is this world coming to when the the waiter or waitress is not allowed to take your order? It should it should be a choice, right? Yes, there's convenience in having a touch screen so you can sit down and order straight away, and someone brings it out to you. That's great, but you also took away something that was wanted by a percentage, certain percentage of the consumer. And then the same guy had a, an experience later on at a, uh, it was food related again, at the property. So we got there late, there was one place open, um, there was a cashier sitting there playing on their phone, there was a chef standing there looking bored behind the window that he could see. And he walked up and they and said, can I order a burger? And they said, no, you can't, you have to use that touch screen over there. Oh. Similar situation. So he ordered the went and w to do the um, ordering ordered a cheeseburger and then a screen came up that showed lettuce tomato onion pickle whatever the, the the toppings were and he wasn't sure whether you had to click them to say yes you wanted them or click them to say you didn't want them mm -hmm. so we, the person behind the register he asked them and says which is it and they said no just click, click continue whatever's there will be on your burger so he clicked it and then the chef behind the window pops his head out and says, all right, I see your order, so is this right? You don't want any toppings, you just want a burger. So then they had this debate about between the chef and the um, the person at the cash register. They were confused. They, she thought it was one way, and she said, that you, it looks like you're meant to click the things you don't want. And he's like, well, that's not the way it works. So then, this is the kind of the kicker of the whole thing, the chef looked at the guy who had already asked him if he could order and tell him what he wanted. And he said, no. So he looked at the guy and said, so what toppings do you want? And the guy told him and he said, okay, I'll make that. So it's like, you just wasted five minutes of my time caused frustration because of a stupid policy 
because you're trying to make it easier for guests with technology and you're just dehumanizing it and you're taking the hospitality out of the hospitality industry. And that happens everywhere. I mean, in our office, we always have back and forth on Skype just way too much. Where it's like, wait a minute, does that all come together, sit in a room and discuss the problem versus going back and forth forever? You know, so I think technology is a tool, but it's a tool to help us be hospitable. Yeah, it should always remove friction and add choice. If it's adding friction or taking away choice, then it's being implemented incorrectly. And it's not the technology itself that's bad. In both those cases, it's the policy of the people that implemented the technology. They weren't thinking of it from the perspective of the consumer. They were thinking of it from the perspective of, this will save me money operationally because I don't have to have as many staff. Never, ever, ever make a decision in your property that benefits you at the expense of the of the guest. That will never, ever, ever change. And if, if it does, you're going to be out of business. Yeah, and if it changes, we're going to fix this article. <laughs> I think that's, that's what I'm concerned about. We'll just call Jeff Bezos and tell him he was wrong. Yeah. Cause so, but yeah, that's the, that's the five things that I think are not changing in the hotel world. There's plenty of more out there, but I think if we switch our mindsets from, from a hotelier perspective and say, okay, I'm going to do the things that aren't changing – and I'm going to do them the best as possible. I'll mm-hmm. use technology where it makes sense. But just focus on that. Then hopefully we can all see the same success that Amazon does. Yeah. And, and kind of along those same lines, you know, you think about your marketing mix in general. And we all get excited about the bright and shiny new thing that's coming along. And like we were talking about earlier, oh, I want to jump onto Instagram because millennials love Instagram. But I just took resources away from my Facebook management to put into Instagram that's probably not the best thing. So just like some things don't change, don't move away from the stuff that is working, the fundamentals to chase something new and shiny just because it's, you know, the soup du jour. Just try to focus on what works. You know, things like having a great e- sound email campaign strategy, having a sound advertising, you know, Google ads, wherever you're spending money on advertising, doing those things right before you go and chase whatever the new bright and shiny distraction squirrel is. I think that's a really good point. Too many times we see people who are doing, say, Facebook really well, say, oh, I need to now also be heavily engaged in Instagram. And instead of doing one thing well, and the millennials or whomever is using Instagram specifically, we know they're using Facebook as well. They may just say, oh, this brand's not engaging on Instagram. I'll go to Facebook. Mm -hmm. Instead, you go from one pro platform you did well to two that you're just screwing up. Yep. And now nobody's happy, yep. which makes no sense. Zero sense. And Jeff Bezos will be angry. He Don't make Bezos angry. Yeah. So if you have other examples of things you think won't change in the industry or in, in the world and society, and especially in the hospitality industry, please let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can drop us a line, info at fueltravel.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at uh, at Fuel Travel, and we've had a couple of people write to us recently. We love it when we either get reviews or emails, or in one case, someone reached out to you, Melissa, I believe, on LinkedIn. Was it directly? Yes. So, Pete, you want to read some of our listener feedback? Yeah, I'll read the uh, review we got, and I'll let Melissa do the, well, let's, the let's, comment. Let's do the comment to her first, okay. and then because because the review one's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I had a message from Hazu, 
who says, hi, I'm a student at NYU. My professor has always urged us to listen to the Fuel Marketing Podcast. Whoop, whoop. Now I'm interning with him at a hotel revenue management tech company and wondering if there are any opportunities to have him on the podcast. Thanks. Yeah, that was nice. That was pretty cool. Very yeah. cool. It was because we got a lot of, in Canley, we get a lot of requests for people to be on the podcast, but a lot of them are that kind of blanket email where it's just like, I have this person and they're great and they need to tell your audience. And it's, it's just, it's about them. It's selfish. But what I like about this approach is, you know, they listen to the podcast that this professor has been sharing. It. So that's the way to butter us up, man. So, yeah. you know, we're going to have conversations and we've had some back and forth on, on, uh, on email about, you know, if it's appropriate to come on and when and what the topic will be. So, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening. And, and, to the professor, thank you certainly for sharing with the students. I was very excited the, to get that. For the students that listen, stay away from drugs; they're bad. <laughs> okay. Okay. So what? They, they, hey, don't, they don't wow. know about that anymore. They don't do drugs. They, they, no, that's they do a, Jewel okay. now. Right? No, I don't think they. Know oh, they don't okay. know Mr. Mackey. I don't think so. they know who Mr. Mackey is. What, what, yeah, what age is appropriate to start thing. letting your kids watch South Park? Do you think? Never. What? That's <laughs> <laughs> this terrible show. <laughs> I was thinking 13 is probably a bit young, right? My son was yeah, asking the other day really? if we could watch it. 13 is young for that? I don't know. I, I don't want. It's been a while since I've watched teen. it. Yeah, but a 13 year old doesn't know about Tally. I, I don't know what that is. Tally, he's the worst. Oh, I, I've only seen <laughs> love episodes Tally. here and there. Uh, I think it's fine. All right, I'll, I'll tell him. There are worse yeah. things I like out there. Brittany, Brittany said it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. If, if you're going to do that, you may just want to have a a boys discussion that you can watch <laughs> South Park but kind of keep well, it on the Well down so he road. just he just <laughs> he just finished watching the office the American office through and there's some stuff on there that's a little risky so we had this and there's no danger of my wife finding out cuz she doesn't listen to the show but we had this <laughs> arrangement I was like dude there's inappropriate stuff in the show you're okay to watch it but if your mom's anywhere near turn it off like don't watch it cuz if she overhears some of the things they're talking about you're probably not going to be able to listen or watch it anymore. So he did a good job. He binge watched the whole season in like six months or the whole series wow. in like six months. But now he's but mo- moved on to Parks and Rec. He's got to hear worse in school, Oh, no right? question, right? So It's just awkward when you're sitting there as a parent next to your 13-year-old I mean, I kid definitely and some of those watching. things come up. I wouldn't yeah. watch it with them. Yeah. I made the mistake once. One of my favorite movies is Love Actually. I love it. Watch it every Christmas, right? And it's a great, funny movie. But there's one kind of storyline through through it that's really, really inappropriate. Right? There's some, some actors in it that do some adult acting oh. stand-in stuff. And um, I, I completely forget that, that that's a part of the, the movie. I, so yeah. I, I told my mom and dad, we were in England for Christmas a couple of years ago. They'd never seen it. So I'm like... Hey, well, you should watch this movie. We watch it every Christmas. So we sit down, and it gets to one of these these scenes that's really awkward to watch, but it's especially awkward to watch with your parents sitting next to you. My dad ended up kind of going red and, and saying he was tired and went to bed, like he didn't want to sit there and watch it. With I went to the movies with my parents and saw Pulp Fiction. Wow, that's definitely a weird one how, to see. How with old you. were you? I mean, I was an adult, but yeah. still, I still yeah. I cringe thinking about that. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so Pete, we that also, went off the rails. Yeah, the, uh, that was a tangent. We were running short, and now we're running long. It's okay. We're not as long as last week's episode. That was like an hour and twenty minutes. It was, I think, our longest episode we've ever done. Uh, so Pete, we had a review as well. You want to read that one? We did. So we had a review come in from Rocket Hobo NC Travel, which was a very cool name. 
Five stars again. Five whoop, stars. Whoop, whoop. And if you want to be cool like Rocket Hobo NC Travel, you should leave a review for us on iTunes. We yep. really like it and helps a whole bunch. Yep. But what he, they, I'm not sure what Rocket Hobo Travel NC Travel is, but what they said was, best kept hotel marketing info secret. The whole gang is very knowledgeable in current hotel marketing trends and topics, which isn't the easiest thing to find these days. Keep up the good work. Melissa, Pete, and Stuart are my favorites. <laughs> oh, burn, <laughs> Brittany. I, I think that was a typo. What? It was like, a ty- are not spelled, my favorites? I think they spelled yeah. Brittany it, wrong. There's clearly a character <laughs> limit in iTunes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Phil was so disgruntled at getting burned he's there not that on. he's not on the show His today. buttons were completely burned. That's exactly right. But we, It doesn't bother me because I'm not a consistent podcaster. You've been on like six are. episodes now probably. I don't know. Oh, I don't feel like it's that many. Maybe. Four? I don't, I don't know. know. Well, you're natural. But you, you guys are on every single one. This is true. We are pretty consistent. So, so. But thank you anyway for the, the love, the shout out, and even the humor My that we got. My ego needed that boost. I really appreciate it. The, the humor we got from messing with Phil. And telling <laughs> yeah, it was him. well <laughs> worth it. Yeah, it was great. So if you want to leave a review like Phil said, uh, Pete said, not Phil. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't know that Phil listens to all these either. No. So anybody who leaves a review, talk specifically about everybody else except Phil. Oh, and that could see. become a you thing. should mention me on the next one. Yeah. So then Phil feels really inadequate. Yeah, let's do that. Let's make that a thing. <laughs> People United against yeah. Phil Fariska. <laughs> right. I love it. So, yeah, that, please leave a review. Again, you can reach out to us anytime you want. Info at fueltravel.com is the email address. And, again, on Twitter, at fueltravel. You can get to the notes to this week's show at fueltravel.com slash podcast. Click on episode 117. And there will link to the original blog article that Pete wrote as well. And then if you want to download the study, we're getting lots of good feedback from the study. A lot of people are really using the data to improve their marketing, and you can too. You can go get the study from fueltravel.com slash study. And if you haven't already listened to last week's episode, episode 116, you should absolutely do that because we really break down some of our favorite and most important stats that came out of it. So there you go. So Pete. Yep. If they want to find you on the World Wide Web, where can they do such a thing? Twitter's the best place to find me. And you can find me at Pete DiMeo, P-D-I-M-A-I-O. Melissa. You've quoted a lot, Pete. Your first episode, you gave your wrong Twitter. I did. <laughs> I, and I still am always concerned that I'm going to do that again. It's okay. Uh, there's, there's some random person, that the one you gave wrong is getting still getting all these <laughs> tweets <Yeah>. from fans. <laughs> I don't know anything about hotels. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I'm on Twitter as well, and sometimes I can remember how to spell my name. It's M.A. Cavanaugh, M-A-K-A-V-A-N-A-G-H. Great yeah. job. Thanks. And, and Melissa likes nothing better than answering complex analytics questions on Twitter. Yes, so I enjoy that. Yeah. In she's 140 characters or less. Yes. You can also find all my rants towards all of our technology people when their stuff doesn't work. You will <laughs> yeah. find that there as well. Yeah, she when her buttons get burned, her, her goat's buttons get burned, she does tend to go to the Twitterverse and rant a little bit it's quite quite amusing but but genuinely if you do have questions related to hotel marketing melissa it's, it's like a sudoku puzzle to you right you like solving people's it problems is. so do that i'm not even gonna ask you Brittany, because you I don't know. like people knowing where where to find you like to be mysterious the mysterious Brittany. that's that's why you weren't me, listed on the review right there I know, that's why you're not their favorite it's like a challenge if they can find me <laughs> It's, they know your it's name. Like it's not that hard. I don't think. We Somewhere need a fuel in the scav- woods, scavenger. Myrtle Beach. 
That's funny. So let's see which is the first listener that we can follow me. We should do a podcast scavenger hunt. Oh. How would that work? I don't know, but it would yeah. be really cool. You, you know what? We could give a next... clue each episode, yes. and, and then it leads to some big thing. Yes. Oh, let's do it. I love it. To cool. Brittany's location. <laughs> Her home address. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, I no, always think of Brittany as like the A team. It's like they don't. You don't know how to find her, but when you need her, you have to and go if, through if my you contacts. can find her, then a plan will come together. It's like um, when you would write to fan mail, like you know, like if you had like a celebrity you wanted to like send a letter to, and you would mm. write to like their fan mail club, and then you get like a signed. Autograph, autograph, or whatever. Sign, right air quotes, like, my, like a dear Britney. Reach out to, yeah. This <laughs> is the weirdest ending. <laughs> All right, I think we'll call it a day there. But if you want to again find us collectively at fueltravel.com, and until next time, you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. <laughs>